Welcome to The Shut Up Show. This is the Brave Solopreneurs Podcast, helping you shut up and make shit happen. Inside every episode, you'll hear raw and uncensored conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and thought leaders who bring their best work every day, despite being scared shitless. You'll gain mindset strategies on how to brave through your fears, tactical advice to help you define your shut-up moment, and impact-driven tips inspiring you to live and work on your own terms. I am your host and chief shut-upper of Making Shit Happen, Bernie Shum. Now, on to today's episode. And we are back for another episode of The Shut Up Show. I am your host, Bernie Shung, and I'm so freaking excited. This is going to be the second episode. I keep saying that, by the way, after 100-plus guests, I keep saying the second episode. But this is going to be the second episode where I've changed the format again a little bit. I kind of miss some of the inspiring backstory, so we're going to bring that back. We're going to get a little tactical as well, but I think what's most important is to be able to capture the, the story of bravery of each person that I bring on and spotlight on the Shut Up Show. And today, my featured guest and homie and primo and co-host for the Shut Up Show is my dear, dear friend I've known for many years now through the Chris Rogan community, Raul Colon. Welcome, Raul. Hi, Bernie. Uh, thanks for having me here. I mean, it's been a while since we've probably done a, a video chat. I mean, we're always online and chatting, and it feels like I've known you forever. Uh, hopefully, I'll get to see you in a few in a few days. Uh, but yeah, thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely, and I'm so glad that we've stayed connected all this time. It, it, it's crazy. We were before we hit record. You were just talking about like, oh, I'm going to turn my fan off. It's it's 90 degrees here, you know, complaining about how warm it is. But here I am in the Midwest, you know, in Wisconsin currently, and it's not bad actually. I would say it's probably like high 60s, low 70s. It's just right for me. It's just perfect. But it's isn't that funny, Raul? How like everything is so relative to like what you're used to. I mean. I know we're talking about weather here but you know even in like business right being an entrepreneur like how much pain can we endure every day you know what what kind of stuff do we need to get to the next day because everybody has a different threshold of stress what do you think about that well I think uh, regarding the cold threshold I'm gonna be probably suffering while you guys think it's summer uh, in the next and I'm gonna be up in Chicago in the Midwest and, and, and going up to Fargo in the few, next few days probably the show uh, will be aired later right uh, but uh, so so yeah that's a concern especially for Lucy which she used to live in Connecticut but she hasn't been back in many years uh, but yeah look like I'm still wearing a shirt uh, and if I if you if I point my computer that way the beach is like uh, maybe 200 feet from here so uh, so yeah it's relative I think Sometimes when we're so caught into ourselves, uh, we forget that everything's different, you know, and, and when we deal with clients, when we deal even with our family members, we forget that their perspective is, is very different from, from from what we see. But more importantly, sometimes their environments are different, you know, and, and it's critical in these interactions either online or, or, or offline uh, in, 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 our, in our relationship, which we've shared a lot of things that the, uh, for not having known our, ourselves in, in person, it's really critical because then you start seeing the pattern of how some things are the same, uh, no matter where you're at. Because sometimes you feel like, well, I'm moving out of here because this place sucks, and it's not really that. It's just that there's 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 an environment, yeah, issue, but there's more to deal with yourself into adjusting into that, right? So 
it's funny because I'm 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 going to use Lucy as an example. When I when I moved to Connecticut, I was working for in New York for KPMG. Uh, I remember uh, it was cold as hell. I had already lived most of my life in, in Puerto Rico, and I spent two years over there. And I remember she used to make fun of me when it was like 30, 40 degrees, right? And she's like, "Oh my God, why are you wearing like long johns? You're, I mean, it's it's not that cold." So here we are looking at temperatures that are in 50, 60, and she's like trying to buy a coat to go up to the Midwest. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> do they even sell those in Puerto Rico? Yeah, they do. They do. And you can get them at a good price because nobody's buying them right now. So, uh, yeah, because a lot of tourists come in, especially on the cruises and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, it's here in Puerto Rico, we have the biggest JCPenney, the biggest Macy's out of the intercontinental U.S., or maybe in New York. So, I mean, this is a very consumerist environment. Plus, a lot of people come to visit, and they find stuff really cheap. So, so yeah, so there are don't even realize we adjust it, uh, but more importantly, we need to keep that as a reminder when you know when there's uncertainty, and and we think things are just going to go down to the ground and they're not going to work. It's like look, eventually you'll you'll adjust, uh, just like you said, it's relative, and it's it's a matter of time of figuring out how you're going to adjust or if you just want to move on somewhere else and do something right. else. Yeah, I, I really love your, your feedback after my initial uh, comment there. I was taking a walk this morning, and, and I know you can relate with this because you have a dog as well, but I was taking a walk with my two little dogs, and some days I take for granted the freedom and the flexibility that I have in being an online entrepreneur. And while I was taking the walk, the sun was shining on me, the air was so beautiful, it was a nice little breeze. It was such a beautiful, perfect day. And if I didn't take the moment to relish in that, you know, in, in that very specific situation of I'm here walking the dogs in the middle of a day when somebody has to be in an office, right? My past life was in sales, so I used to be in a cubicle where I'd be meeting with a client, but here I was choosing to walk my dogs whenever I felt like it. It reminded me in that moment how much I take for granted, Raul, you know, the fact that I can just get up and walk around the block for as long as I want to with the dogs. And what I really love about you and what inspires me about you on a very regular basis is I will watch your Facebook feed or your Twitter feed, and I'll see you post these pictures of this gorgeous view of the ocean, you know, and you have, like, the most beautiful sunsets in Puerto Rico. And... I think it's the same sunset that you show me every single time, but every single picture looks different. And you're either taking a picture of Daniela or of your dog or just of the family in general or just the sunset or just people. And every time I see that, what it tells me is, wow, dude is really, he's worked his ass off to get to this point where he's living the life that he wants to live, that he is relishing in these small moments that we often forget and underestimate and I guess the follow-up question I have for you because I didn't really originally have a question but how, how do you feel about that I mean the journey to move from corporate to being an entrepreneur it's an arduous journey it's so difficult financially emotionally physically it's taxing but yet you and I are crazy enough to stay on this journey Raul so what is it about this journey and does it have anything to do with what I talked about in terms of the freedom and the flexibility that keeps you saying, yes, I'm going to show up today and I'm going to keep being an entrepreneur? I think first, it, it, I, I've come to a, a, I think when I when I turned 28 and I got the news just a few weeks before that I was getting being let go, I used to work for a, for a very well-known company. It's a Department of Defense contractor, and we were doing the private work for them in Washington D.C. So they used to fly me from San Juan like every week to go up to D.C. and do some 
you know, some some pretty interesting work, and uh, and I was really comfortable because it was kind of like a startup. You know, I, I would be like most of the work could be done at any time, and since I've always been a workaholic and I don't sleep much, I was able to play golf and do whatever I wanted during the day, and then in the evening deliver whatever results I needed. And I was always ahead of the game. I've always been very organized in that sense. So so they they gave me a lot of you know. So once uh, they told me they were letting me go, I said, well, I'm not gonna be able to find this anywhere else. You know, so then I got a few offers from, uh, you know, I used to work for KPMG, so ENY came up, which is another uh, big CPA firm, and I was like, I don't want to go back to, 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 you know, uh, to what I, what I used to be. I want to have that flexibility that I can, you know, work hard and, 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 and play hard, you know, so, so I came to the reality of also understanding that the reason why I always have to shift from one job to the other was because my personality is very blunt. Uh, I'm, I'm very passionate and I'm very loyal to, to, to whoever I, I, I commit to, but on the other sense, if, if something doesn't make sense to me, you're, you're not you, that that I'm gonna let you know. And and, and having a boss or or, or, or even in when you're doing client service, you have to serve the client, you have to serve your boss, you have to serve your peers, and who who you, know, you never know who else comes into the boat. So so it's it's pretty interesting when when you say that you get to toe walk your dogs and you're not in a rush and. And I think that was one of the things that mainly just kept me away from being in New York. Because when I went to New York, I was like, "Why are these people running everywhere?" It's like to hurry up and, and wait, you know. And in the military, hurry up and wait makes sense because you have to be prepared in, in case they're going to come and attack you. But nobody's attacking anybody. They just need to get somewhere just to be there. And then they just like it, they weren't being any more productive. They just believed that, you know. So, so uh, you know, given that level of stress, I was like, you know what, I need to find another way. Uh, a very important thing happened in my life. Uh, the ex, you know, there was a CEO of KPMG, which since I talked to everybody, by accident, I met him because I used to talk to the security guard downstairs in 30, 40, 345 Park Avenue. That's where KPMG's head offices are. Uh, and nobody else talked to the security guard because there was such a rush. They couldn't just they, they couldn't say hi to him because they needed to get back to the office. So I used to wake up really early, get there like two or three hours before everybody. Uh, because in the corporate world, they always made me feel like I wasn't good enough, so I had to get there even earlier because I thought I, you know, I wasn't doing good, you know, enough, good enough work. So I worked even more and more. And uh, and and the security guard Marra introduced me to Gino Kelly, and Gino Kelly became somebody I used to chat in the mornings. And weeks later, I found out he was the CEO. I just thought he was one of the partners because we had around 3,000 employees in that office, plus everybody coming in from the rest of the of the. So. Finally, the, you know, the, uh, Joe started running around the office that I was like, well, had all his friends with the CEO that messed with him. The thing was, I used to chat about normal stuff. I never approached him in the sense of uh, trying to get anything from him. Uh, so, I, you know, just in those small interactions, I learned a lot from, from just why he was chosen the CEO because he was a very likable guy. But what happened was, um, months later, he got diagnosed with cancer. He lasted 100 days, 100 days. So uh, his book is called uh, Chasing Daylight, and he wrote that book, having a CEO mindset on how to prepare to leave to leave this world, you know. So when I read that, he pretty much sent a message to everybody like, "Look, I worked my ass off to planning on retirement, and the only retirement he got was maybe 90% in, in a hospital waiting for his death because he only had weeks, you know. And that really like clicked into me, and I said, "I'm moving back to the island. I'm gonna figure it out." And it wasn't the best, uh, you know, financial decision, but I just went with it, and. Funny thing was that I, I went with it. I got an even better offer in Puerto Rico than I was getting in New York, which there's a fallacy that you can make more money over there. Than, so I th I made things work, and finally, when when I finally decided I, I, I wanted to go on my own, uh, you know, it, it, it it's it, it's it's just healthier for me because I've been doing. Um, it's gonna be now this month. It's gonna be six years that I've been on on my own, 
uh, you know, so I started in 2008 around this time when I lost my job, uh, and, and they did me a favor because I realized that I, I couldn't fit in any other world. And, and I learned this from Jeff Pulver, um, he's, a, he's a good friend, uh, voice over IP uh, pioneer. Uh, I, I was with Jeff in South by Southwest, uh, not this year, the year before, and he said, hey, I'll come with me. He was being interviewed by CNN for some, you know, some, some work he had done, and you know, he's a well-known guy. And when they asked him what was his role, he said he was unemployable. That was his own role. He was unemployable. So he, he, there's no way he could be an employee. So that's why Jeff has built so many companies. He, built, he was, I think, one of the co-founders in Vonage and so on and so forth. So he helped me understand that I'm unemployable. You know, so then I have to realize that that's, that's what my personality is, and that's what I have to work with. Uh, and now, getting back to the pictures, it's pretty interesting. I would have never thought that that just posting a picture of the sunset every 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 morning or, or I mean, sunrise every morning and sunset in the evening, it would have so much of an impact. And uh, and I keep on doing it. Uh, and sometimes I, I, I literally have gotten busier as as I started doing that. And sometimes it, it happens a few days, which is good because people have seen the same kind of like shot uh, over in Oregon. But the reactions I've had people move to the island, thinking everything here is perfect, because I think my role as an entrepreneur, everybody's always talking about all the negatives and stuff like that. And if you have a long talk with me, I can also talk about all the negatives. But you have to motivate people to to conquer that fear. You know, it's like what our friend AJ Leon talks about building courage. You know, and 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 sometimes we get too much into the technicalities of of, of why and you know what what ROI you need or how much money you need to save and stuff like that. But there's things you really can't measure and they're not that tangible. So when I when I when I've had people that move to Puerto Rico thinking everything's perfect here and it's probably not the best place to do business, but this is where I like living. Uh, and, and, and I've had, like, I was up in Boston at an event for, uh, where I was meet, meeting up with Chris, with Chris Brogan, of course, um, and, and I had Lois Ardito, who's a la- one of the sweetest ladies I've ever met, and she's kind of like another mom to me, and she's, she, it was so cold in Boston. It was January 29th, I think, 2021. She's like, I, will, I hate you every time you post these pictures. You know, and, and she's a very loyal person. It's like, I, I just get mad. Look, do you look Look around, and, and it kind of you know those trips also make me realize what I have here that sometimes I get for granted. Yeah, there are you know everything has its pros and cons. So so I think sharing those pictures first it keeps me in contact with a lot of people that they either having a bad day and they just want to go to the beach or whatever. And uh, I I've also brought business to some of my clients. I used to do consulting for the hotel that's literally next to me, and uh, they would ask their people, so how hey how did you make it here? Well, I know Raul, and he posted a picture in front of you guys. I said which is the closest hotel, and I booked the room. So, so you know, just by sharing my perspective, at least the beautiful part of what the island is, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it triggers a lot of things, and, and I think that's where I do my little experiments and kind of, like, try to understand myself and, and also, more importantly, realize that, you know, be grateful of, of what, what I have. I agree. I couldn't agree with you more, Primo. I mean, the, the important reason why I brought up the, the story about the pictures is because the, it, there, are, there are two reasons why. Number one, as you and I both know, it's kind of inspiration and motivation for ourselves, right, to keep going and to keep recognizing what we have and to be grateful for what we have and what we and not what we don't have. But I think the other thing, too, is I think it, it's it's kind of like positive reinforcement for other people as well to let them know that maybe we are moving too fast and we haven't stopped to smell the roses today. So while I'm taking a walk, why don't I take a quick picture of how beautiful the sun is 
over the trees because maybe we don't stop to take a look at how beautiful the sun is over the trees, right? And I don't have to be in Puerto Rico to take a beautiful image like that. I could be in Wisconsin like I am to take a beautiful image of that. And I think, you know, going back to the beginning of our conversation, this is all relative because I think we, we pick and choose what we want to focus on. We pick and choose what we want to be grateful for. And if we're not stopping to capture those beautiful moments, something as minor as Daniela playing in the sand in front of the sunset, I mean, you being able to capture something like that on film is a reminder to me not only is your island beautiful, by the way, but that you love your family so much and you're, you're, you're capturing this special moment with your daughter because who knows at what point in time we won't be here anymore and we won't be able to appreciate moments like that. And so I think for me, the pictures is a metaphor, but I think it also literally is forcing us to stop and smell the roses and appreciate what we have and not what we don't have. And, and I want to mention something else too. I'm glad you brought up Chris because I wanted to talk about the elephant in the room. Um, I don't know if other people are saying this in the Chris Brogan community, but I know that I've been saying this for years in my head, and I've even talked to you about it offline. But you're like one of Chris's right-hand man, is, is what I call it. Like, you know, you, you've partnered with him on a bunch of stuff. He looks to you for a lot of advice and a lot of help. I know you support him like crazy as well. And, you know, my cousin Chris, like, you're like his brother, right? So one of the questions I have, and, and I think – it has something to do with the way you connected with that other CEO story you were talking about. But one of the things I've always been so intrigued by you is the fact that you know how to get into a community and rise to the cream of, of the crop and become noticed and become somewhat of influence and impact and, you know, evangelizing that brand. And in an essence, that brand then reciprocates and evangelizes you and your brand as well. What do you think you did well and right? in getting on Chris Brogan's radar and now being able to call him friend and partner in many ways. And and do you think you brought it with you from that experience you had with that other CEO story you were talking about? I think, um, you know, with Chris it's easy because Chris is always focusing on other people. Uh, one thing that, I'm sure he's probably not happy on this. this one thing is Chris, Chris worries a lot about other people. You know, and I think he's gotten better at taking care of himself now, you know, especially with the fitness stuff. And he's doing. I'm pretty proud of him. Uh, so, you know, with him, it was easy because I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like Chris. I, I mean, obviously, he's a mentor, and he's helped me out. I think a lot more than I helped him. Uh, so, so you know, I look up to him. But you know, just my first interaction with Chris face to face, I had already been reading his stuff. I had been, I have, I had read uh, Trust Agents, and I literally took a trip from Puerto Rico to Boston. To one of his events, which it was him and Justin Justin Levy, who's now at Citrix, uh, and new, the new marketing labs, and it was um you know, and I got there, I didn't know anybody, I, I didn't also, I was so naive, I didn't know that most of the people that were at, the, at the event, that event, were only from the Boston area. Nobody was really flying in from somewhere else other than the speakers, and I, you know, it was pretty interesting because I was just sitting there, and I'm the kind of person I don't like to bother people because I I I know I I've, I've dealt with a lot of people that are you know well known, and I've always. Like I, when I was a kid, I used to spend time with politicians. I don't want anything to do with politics, but at that time, and, I, and you know, it was kind of cool just to have something to do because I grew up in a really bad part of town. So it was like either I go with the politicians and I go to the free parties and I have free food and stuff like that, or I hang out with the wrong crowd and might get shot, you know. So so I think the fact that I've been always able to move in different environments and and, and been able to relate to people on on, on something. 
is, is has been very helpful. So I remember I was sitting down and I, I didn't know anybody there. I was just sitting down. And I didn't want to bother the people. The only people I could recognize I thought were too famous for me to bother. They were like just getting. So uh, so Chris came over to me and said, "Hey, you're an old colon." And Chris apparently had been reading my blog, which I thought nobody read. Uh, and and then we just started talking. And I remember I tweeted him back and I said, "Hey, Chris, thank you for the introduction. I mean, thank you for for introducing me to a lot of people because that's exactly what he did. And thank you for the short thing. He's like, oh, you're leaving me right now? No, we have enough time to spend together. And from there, like I think friendship ignited. And over time, uh, you know, I I bounced off things on him, off him, and he's never said no to me. Uh, and and good enough. Over time, uh, I I was able to. Work with him, uh, you know. After Kitchen Table Companies, I started working with him on Human Business Works, and we're still one of his key partners. So any time Chris sees a, a good fit for me, he'll just send business over. We just landed a client over in Canada, thanks to Chris, uh, in November. Uh, so, so yeah. So he. So I think it was the fact that I, this is something I see with everything, not only with Chris. People are always looking for what's in it for me. And and of course you have to think about yourself, and that's where I go on the other side. I, I that's where I've been learning to just also focus on myself. But I'm always trying to help out. And when you find connect with somebody like Chris, it's always giving and giving and giving. You're like, well, finally somebody you know I can identify with because my experience is most people are always looking like, well, how can I get Chris to mention my book? How can I get Chris to do? It? And they do it with all my other friends that are well known and have good networks and stuff like that. I'm always there, sitting down, just chatting about normal stuff, and I love to talk. Uh, so, and of course, if you know, I think business, business comes to me after. You know, it's just what you know, Gary Vaynerchuk and all these other you know well-known people talk about having a relationship. It's like when you you know you're dating somebody, you can't just go in and ask them to marry you. You have to you know build upon the relationship. So, I think with Chris it was easy, but I think my I, I look I'm gonna give my dad some credit my dad is the kind of person that he will get away with things that other people won't I mean it's 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 amazing I remember if if somebody's in intensive care and they're not allowed to go in we don't know what's going on I remember that coming out and getting full stats on what was happening he said you're not supposed to go in there he said well I didn't ask anybody but I made sure I brought coffees to for the nurse for the nurses and they're happy with me being in there you know so he, he was always trying to find a way to connect with people and uh, and then, I think as a teenager, I was so different from everybody else. I, I I grew up my first years in Connecticut. Then I moved to Puerto Rico. So I was like, well, you're from here, but you're not, even though I was born here. Uh, so I was always trying to be part of, of be part of a group, you know. And uh, and it didn't work that way because I'm not very good at, at just being part of one group. I like being in different places and I like meeting different people and I like to get to know the humans, not not the whole organization. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. You know, it's like for example, people go into a religion and they focus on the religion, they forget forget about the people that are around. And they go into an organization and they're more focused on becoming the the president than than, than actually serving the people and, and stuff like that. And I've always been in the role that I'm not good at dealing with with groups, as me being part of it and being so loyal. But I can be part of them and, and, and connect, I guess. So, so I think that, that that also helps the fact that I've always been able to uh, relate with a lot of people. And and look, another business example. When I used to work for KPMG, I was sent to manufacturing, uh, uh, you know, just to do IT security work for in in the manufacturing uh, area. There were companies were like in the middle of nowhere. I'm Hispanic with two Indians, and most of these people have not seen anybody that didn't look like them. So here I am in North Carolina. Pennsylvania, which you would think, if they, you know, has some really remote areas, 
and as soon as they saw two Indians and a Puerto Rican walking in, they're like, "What foreigners are are handling this?" <laughs> it's like a joke or something, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and some of them are pissed or worried that they were gonna, that we were gonna take their jobs. We didn't want their jobs. We didn't want to live in those places. And that's fine. They might be nice for them, but not for me. So, so the thing is, um, you know, first thing I learned was my advantage over my coworkers was I used to be in the military. And they're fans of the military. So as soon as I saw you, uh, a Marine Corps flag, I would say, hey, Marine Corps, oh, yeah, oh, I was stationed with Marines in Salvador. Their conversation, the attitude changed completely because I was able to relate with them. And since they knew I was in the military, they, they, there was a connection. I felt bad for some of my coworkers because <laughs> they kept on getting those negative vibes. But at the end of the day, that it was their job to find a way to connect. And we can always find ways to connect in different ways, you know. I look at you, I mean, you call me primo, you're my prima, you know, it's like, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, we have many things in common, but just by that joke, I've been able to learn, you know, learn more about Bernie and, and, and you know, get to understand wh where we're similar and where we're not, you know. Right. I love that. I seriously, seriously love that because I've known you now since, I'm going to venture to say 2011. And you and I both know in this ADHD world that we live in, people's relationships usually don't last very long. You know, you're like really in it, right? Really loyal with a certain circle of people or you're kind of not. And usually relationships fizzle over time. And the really cool thing I loved about you, Primo, is that you know, for more than three plus years now, we don't have to talk on a daily basis to still be able to love and support each other and the work that we do. And like you said, I, you're my primo, Chris is, is my cousin Chris, you know, and whoever else is in the Chris Brogan tribe who is still around, they're my cousins too. And we, we're bound together by the shared mission of, and this is something that Chris Brogan taught me, of giving back, serving, and being somebody who contributes to your community. And and I think we're bound by that mission, if you will. And I think the reason why, if I could shed some light here for you, the reason why I love you so much and I and I continue to promote you and I, 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 I'm loyal to being your friend and even if we don't talk often, I don't think any ill will towards you. I'm always like, oh, I wonder what he's up to and I'm so excited for him. I'll go stalk your page once in a while, right? If I've been quiet for a while. It's because I know that you and I share that same mission of we're out there hustling our asses off to go help other people. Because at the end of the day, if we leave this world no matter how much money we have in the bank, I think, and I actually know and believe, that if we made an impact today helping other people to have a more positive and improved life, and we were a part of that, then we can die knowing that we did our job right. That's what I love about being in your community. And I believe that's probably why Chris continues to stay committed and loyal to you as a friend and a partner and the same goes for you to him as well. Because I feel the same way about Chris and I've never met him in person. You haven't yes. met him? Oh, that's interesting. I know. I but I feel like I know him. Like yeah. seriously. I, I think that's what I mean, obviously I'm a big fan of Chris and I'm very biased, but that's what's cool about Chris. Like because I've met some other people I'm not gonna mention and, and you don't what they pro project online is completely not who they are. And with Chris you get what you one, you, you know, you might even get a nicer even person than what you thought, but uh, but you know that, that's a difference, you know, and I think you, you touch a very important subject which is something I've been learning over time and, and I see I'm the type of person I, I, I used to trying to be part of of everywhere or, or everyone I used to like I used to bust my ass just calling people and they would never call me back but then it was funny because I would call somebody say hey so where have you been it's like well the last 30 times I called you had never picked up the phone or you never sent a text or sent an email and and that that's something that I, I over time 
uh, and now is a red flag. Every time I contact somebody and they they've never contacted me, and they say, "Ha, huh, but where have you been?" It's like, wait a minute. Go goes both ways. I don't have any expectations. I'm happy if you call me. You should be the same. And if you're not, maybe I should just you know maybe I should just make that phone call to somebody that doesn't ask me where I was versus wow I haven't called you because it's a defense mechanism you know. And I think that's the problem with most relationships and and, and with the world we live in. People are like you know. Why didn't it all call me, or why didn't it all do this, or why didn't why can't it all write a blog post for me? Uh, you know, just yesterday, I, I I had somebody that spoke with me like 90 days ago, and uh, and I used to write a lot, and, and it was probably a lot of crap. So I I've been trying to improve my writing. <laughs> my writing You're less. a good writer, so you shut uh, up. <laughs> I've, been, well, I, I've been trying to improve it, so I I'm doing more quality this quantity because first people would be like, oh, did you read all those blog posts from three months ago? I can't ca catch up and. So I, I I've done less of that and uh and now with Daniela it's like okay should I write a blog post for for this for this blog or should I take away time from my daughter which one so it's like yeah uh, uh you know my daughter goes over that so I had somebody contact me and they're setting up this this blog and it's like like literally I'm very honest I'm really straightforward I'm very blunt but look this is not a fit for me I've done things like this before I'm not interested but I'll put you in touch with somebody that 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 might be in the same you know might be interested in this so I did that and he's like. So when are we having our next call? I said, uh, I don't think you got it. Like I sent you somewhere where you might be. So I I can't help you. I don't even want to be part of this. So like 40, 50 days go by. He's like, Hey, Dolan, I need another hour. I said, well, if you want a consulting hour, I'm more than happy to sell to you. But that's that's about it. And uh, and then he's like, No, then I just need 30 minutes. And then it came out to 15. The thing is, Bernie, I said no. I don't know how many times. And especially in you know, in kitchen table companies, we used to talk about saying no. Yeah. And he kept on to the point I said, look, send me an email with as much detail as you want, and I'll send a proposal. I don't even need to call you for a proposal. thing was, he was just, give me, give me, give me. And I don't think I could have, and I, you know, finally I said, look, I don't think I can do business with you even. Because I can't, I'm going to put my phone on me. I can communicate to you that this is not something that, that that's attractive to me. And and that's it. That's the end of it. And he's probably a little bit bothered when stuff. But it's a time that I used to spend on those things, Bernie. That now it's like I just cut down to chase. And and once I identify patterns, it's like let me get. It's not getting rid of the person, but it's like let me not spend too much energy on this and focus on you know spending more time with Bernie. That she's happy that we get to talk every once in a while and chat. Versus somebody that's like, hey, you know, you haven't written a blog post in three months for me. When like, why should I? You know. And I think, and I think a lot of people also they, they focus too much on, on on what people didn't give them or because they're expecting something, you know. And if you change that attitude and you go, you know, with what Chris recommends and, and, and what you do uh, of of giving, you know, then the the whole environment and perspective changes, no matter how good or how bad the environment is. Oh my God, I couldn't agree with you more. Seriously, one of the best pieces of advice I got back when I when I started my online presence in 2009 was. Um, somebody said to me, in order for you to build your community, you just need to serve. You just need to go out there and volunteer and help, do whatever you can to serve other people. That's the best way to build your credibility. That's the best way to build relationships. And that's just the best way to just to just be, you know, and, and become a better person. And I'm so glad I took that advice because that is the number one thing I believe that has propelled me to have this, you know, raving fan base that I have and the community that I've built and the friendships like like people like you and Chris Brogan and you know Srini Rao and AJ Leon and so many other amazing 
you know, freaks and misfits and weirdos and, you know, people who are justifying the odds. And I know it was because we're all brought together because we give. We give back and we serve and we help other people. And I wouldn't want it any other way. I'm so excited about that. Um, so I have a couple more questions before we close up here because I know we're kind of nearing the end of our conversation. But um, you and I had a very candid conversation on the phone a couple years back, and I know you and I were in a different place then than we are now, right? Mm -hmm. But believe me, some of those things I believe are still there, Those some of those fears, some of those doubts I don't believe will ever go away, especially if you're an entrepreneur in general. But what do you believe? Like, let's Pull one thing out. What one thing do you believe has changed or has improved since the last time you and I talked um, in the work that you're doing now? I think um, I think uh, I've, I've gotten better at, at worrying about myself. That's 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 one thing that's improved greatly because I was always like trying to focus on what I could do, what I could do, and quantity. And I'm, I'm, it's not that I it's not that I didn't want to deliver quality. I want it, but I wasn't really doing focusing on that. So I think I've kind of like just, cut, you know, I've, I've cut back. I look back. I'm, 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 I observe more, you know, and I and I analyze and and I try to, you know, try to identify what's important to me and how that's going to impact me. And this is something I think I've learned from from a few people, you know, just to mention like Robbie Warehouse. He has a book coming out soon. It's I think it's one lesson, one more. Well, yeah, one lesson, one more. I met him through Chris at, at that same event. I met Chris, and it's funny how many people I, and uh, and you know through him and Chris and stuff like that. It's like just folk things, and and just you know it's impossible to do a lot of things right, you know, and and also having AJ, which hopefully I'll see him next week. Uh, you know, having AJ there, looking at how the level of detail he puts into everything, even once he sends a package or something like that. And, well, then, you know, it's not only AJ, it's Melissa, Gene, and and, uh, and Jesse, and the rest of the misfits. So, so looking at how they operate and, and getting that understanding, and also trying to understand myself more into, like, not trying to keep everybody happy, because even with clients, you know, uh, when, when you run a business and you, try, you, you have the attitude of helping, you end up helping, and you might not be making any profit off it. You know, it's like so. Now I'll just try to focus on getting the right kind of client, and 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 it, as weird as it might sound, yes, I want more clients, but I want more clients that understand how I work, not 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 anybody who just needs something something done is going to throw money at me. Uh, I don't, you know, it's it just it's just weird in that kind of way. Before I thought I had to like just get as much work as I could because I, I had to pay the bills and, and when I used to work at a big firm and make a lot of money to like something's not having enough to pay you know for groceries and uh, and, and I don't know I mean I, I'm not fearless I, I'm you know I'm, I'm very scared at times but I think that also fuels if they which which decision I'm gonna make better and it makes me focus more so so yeah I think changing what has changed is focusing me more on, focusing more on myself and, and and when I say myself it's more geared toward making sure that my daughter and, and, and Right. I am I am so happy to hear you say that because since since that conversation that you know which one I'm talking about, a lot has changed for me too and I echo exactly what you said. I went I shifted the mindset from how can I get the next client? How can I pay the next bill, right? How can I afford the next thing to you know what? How about let me start 
living more authentically and letting my true colors come out? Why don't I start digging my heels into the corner of the world, being who I want to be, and let that authenticity come out? And I know before we hit record, you had also said that you feel more authentic now. You feel more like who you are and who you want to be and how you want to work. And you, you get to choose who you want to work with now. And you don't apologize for that. And I love that because I think that that has changed for both of us since we last talked in 2011, 12, whatever year that was, until now. And I think it's such a beautiful thing to see that the less we worried about how we were going to make ends meet and the more we put our focus into being who we really are, then and, and then obviously helping people along the way, I believe that that's what created the success for all of us. So um, I lost you there for a second, but yeah. uh, I, I think you heard I think you heard the majority of what I said. Yeah, I heard everything. At the, so yeah, you were only off for like a second. So yeah, yeah, I think I think I have to give you credit also because sometimes it takes somebody like Bernie to actually realize. Because since I see people as humans, and and it, it might sound weird. Uh, like when I go to events and stuff like that, uh, especially from people that are in this island. When you're in this island, you're like surrounded by water. There's a mentality that's nothing out here, and it's really bad, you know. So they focus only on themselves, and it's a competition, and who's the best here? Which is only three million people here. So I mean, almost four, but we've had so many people leave. So who knows? It's around three million now. So so when you look at it, they're competing against each other in a very small environment. It's like you know a big big fish in a in a small pond, you know. And then when they go outside they realize that they haven't made any connections on the outside, they just focus on that, and they go to an event where, like, let's say South By, which is a huge event, and I'm walking around, and I get to, into, you know, I get to meet all these people I've talked for years, and they become friends, and stuff like that, and it's like, how did you meet this person, how did you meet that, how, and it's like, I just talked to them online, and instead of asking for something, I just chatted with them, you know, and, uh, and, and, it, and then, it takes Bernie Jean, it takes Chris, and it takes Robbie, it takes a bunch of people to tell me, look, Raul, you're doing awesome work, you know, at the, you don't need to, you, just just because these people are afraid and they're scared because they want to compete, they want you to play their game, doesn't mean you're playing, the, you're, you're not playing their game wrong, you're just playing another game, and, uh, and I think I've always been authentic. Uh, and that's my biggest issue. That's why I would get fired from a lot of places. And, and I think Srini Rao, our friend, is always talking about how he would always get his own employee. But touching on Srini, I remember um, I, I, I never big, a big fan. Never, I was never a big fan of Glenn Beck, never. Uh, because most of the time Glenn, Glenn Beck would speak on his show and mention Puerto Rico, he didn't have any clear idea, at least to my perception, of what he what he was talking about, you know. So I couldn't, it, it was one of these occasions where I couldn't relate with somebody and that bothers me. Uh, and it wasn't until he actually brought Srini into his show where I saw another side of Glenn where he can take things to the side and connect with Srini. And there I found a connection. Like, And he was talking about that, how when he started being himself, and that's why I didn't like him because he, he was not like He's obviously not like me. His career took off. you know. And I said, wow, I finally can relate. Because, you know, just like in, in many occasions, I go somewhere and... People are so stuck in their ways, and I go in and I go in to change things. And the other day, one of my neighbors was talking. There's a homeowners association. I rent here, but they want me to buy an apartment because they want me to be in the board. And he was saying like, Raúl is not. Raúl is vegan, and he's kind of like you think he's a hippie. And now he was making jokes on my accidental haircut. Uh, but Raúl's kind of like a dictator. And what he was trying to say was, and he, you know, in a nice way, Raúl doesn't care what what's going on. He just wants to see the results. And obviously, I do care about people, so it's not like I'm going to hurt anybody. But I'm so focused on the results, I don't want to hear excuses. And, uh, and and that's that's how it's always been. The only thing is finding the people that are willing to accept how I am. And I think I've always been authentic. 
and that's why I, I couldn't. I had issues with not having clients. The problem was I, I, I stopped being authentic when it came down to signing the contract because I needed to pay the bills. That was like you know, and then eventually it's like, uh, then once this contract was signed, I'm not saying I was saying the wrong thing, but they got a perception I was a different person, and then they were like, look, this is not working. So now, from the start, they know what they're dealing with. And it's 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 created healthier relationships, you know. Still have to work on a few things, but right. I love it. Well, I'm so glad that you said you're not fearless because I hate that word. I hate I hate the way people use it in the connotation of we can't have fear at all. Because you and I both know, and many people who've been on the Shut Up Show before, they know that you cannot have absence of fear. Fear can be good. Fear is a good tool to use, especially in situations where you're in a very scary and unhealthy situation, you're able to get out of it, right? You're able to critically think and be strategic about how to move out of something that could be bad or could hinder or hurt you. So I think fear is a good gauge, as I've heard Chris Brogan talk about before. And I love the fact that you still move forward and you still act in spite of fear. And and that's, you know, the main reason why I brought you on the show to, to talk about you know your, your backstory and to talk about some of the things that you're going through to this day because even though we can still act in spite of fear we're still scared shitless every day Raul so so my final question to you is, and then we can wrap up by uh, having you talk about you know what you're working on and how people can find you but my final question is what the hell are you afraid of today yeah you, you told me not to worry about this like 25 <laughs> minutes ago and now, I start, now I'm panicking so now I'm afraid of the question <laughs> But no, um, I think what I'm most afraid of is, is you know, again, not not being not not being myself. Like like today, look look, I'm I'm afraid of complying to things that are than 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 I would like to give. But uh, just you know, since I I'm afraid of the question, uh, it's 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 just that sense of like you know, like just these last few days, I've had a few conversations with some clients and. Look, I see they're afraid. They don't want to project it that way. Uh, but the thing is, I'm afraid of them firing me for not doing my job. I'm not afraid of them getting rid of me because I did it. You know, and I think that's that's maybe maybe that's it. Maybe I'm afraid of being misunderstood, but I got to get over it. And I have to build that courage. You know, you know that that's the best way. Because, it, but then it gets to the point. It's like I, I'm not gonna curse, but I almost did. Uh, oh, you know, hey, it's you can curse on the show. Oh, I can cut on this show. I said, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. fuck it. Like you know, <laughs> if they don't want to work with me, then that's fine. That's fine. I mean, eventually, w- most clients I've gotten to a point that they're gonna see results at the end. And if they don't, I'll take full accountability and I'll apologize and I'll try to fix it for them, maybe. But I know there's some things that are kind of like patterns and they're kind of science, you know. And there's the human side that they don't understand. So I usually get a mix. What's kind of like method, you know, methodical, they want to do it in a creative way. And what's creative, they want to put method to it. It's like, well, wait, I, I have a balance. Yeah, I'm more of a logical guy, but I'm very creative in fixing things, you know. So I think that's it, you know, being, you know, uh, having the fear of, of not getting, of, of missing an opportunity because I, because I couldn't communicate myself well. And I still, and that's something I still need work with, you know, because I, I, I'll let people know how, how I feel. And, and sometimes I'll, I'll shoot an email as tactical, you know, it's like I'm, I'm not very strategic. I get, I get, the good thing is, if it's like, you know, how they have like these metrics on, oh, if you've been with your, you know, with your wife for seven years, you've gone by, whatever. If you've been with me long enough, you know that every time I make a decision, it's not geared because I want it to be beneficial to me. 
but it's because I'm loyal to my client. I want it to be beneficial to them. For them, it sometimes doesn't make sense. Like, well, Raul must be benefiting for it. No, I'm not. I'm worried about both of us. You know, if you, if your business goes to the ground, disappears, I don't have a client, so I have to worry about you. So I think that over time, you know, that that'll run through. So I, I'm I'm afraid of being misunderstood, but time will tell. Time will tell if I was right or wrong. Well, bonus question for you. I'm putting you on the spot here. What what are you gonna do about it, or what can you do about that? I think I think I also need to, you know, same way I tell my clients and they want to be resistant to some of the stuff. I, I I need to listen to them and I need to, you know, find ways. So, for example, I have Bianca. She's great at communicating. She's my friend. Uh, she helped me at the Good Misfit Project. She's she actually works as a clown. So, uh, I think if if I've been able to influence somebody in a positive way, I finally got Bianca to leave her nine to five job and focus on, you know, be, you know. Know, writing a children's book and, and doing concepts. So, so Bianca now works with me also doing some contract work, and she's great at communicating. And plus, she's very likable. She's a clown, you know. And, she, and the thing is with Bianca, you know, I I need to channel more communications through Bianca. I I need to like and and with with Lucy, you know, I need to like just let things soak in and not and not not be because I'm very passionate and I'll let, <laughs> and I'll let people know. And you you've been reading me online for a while, so I'll let people know. And 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 what people don't understand is. I have many ways of getting information because of the of the connections I have. So sometimes I, I, I base my opinion, but I, I have enough evidence. I just don't want to let everybody know how much evidence I have. Uh, you know, and, and it's a, I'm very passionate. So I think I need I need to also see the other side. The same way uh, I post those pictures, and I don't realize that Lois is really cold up in the north when it's really you know it's such a cold winter <laughs> like this past month. I need to realize that when I the way I see things, this is this is my biggest problem. I never underestimate people. I overestimate. People. So I'm thinking they understand because for me it makes sense and uh and you know I've been I've been running businesses since I'm like I was seven years old and I, my first capital I got was from my my late I I, I my uh, my grand aunt's husband who gave me some money so I could sell pens to my classmates you know so business has always made sense to me right uh, some people come in here a little bit further some people do something really awesome and they figure out they have to set up a business. I've been trying to make money off things because I grew up in a really bad part of town. I used to live in Bridgeport, Connecticut, which was, had the highest crime rate in the whole. I have family members like our, my older brother, who's he probably not, you know, he was part of a gang. He was a gang leader. So, so these are things people don't know. So I've always been trying to figure out because I didn't. Want, I wanted to get out of that environment, you know. So for me, business makes sense. So I think that if I'm talking to Bernie or I'm talking to somebody who's an artist and they just figure out that they need to make a living out of their paintings. I think it makes sense to them, but well, it doesn't. The same way I can draw or make art like they can, they probably can't do that. So I think that's just listening a lot more like Chris always says. Awesome. Okay, so continue to hone your your uh, communication, which includes listening, which includes also asking more compelling questions. And and uh, something I learned from Chris, and I know you have as well, is talk to people like the, and teach people like they're seven years old. Um, and I and I think you and I. We share that in common. The whole we overestimate people, and I think sometimes it does overwhelm or confuse people because they're like, "I have no idea what you're talking about," and you know. And I always have to remind myself of what Chris says. He's like, "You gotta just talk to people about things in a very minimal and simplistic way, and ask a lot more questions." And that has helped me tremendously. But I'm like you. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Yeah, and still I, I think that's where I'm like. I feel bad for myself when my clients are like, well, "I don't get it." It's like, "Shit, it's my fault." <laughs> it's my fault because I'm, I I think they got it and uh and they 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 you know and then that's the thing I work with a lot of people that are also very successful, so I assume that if they've taken their business to that point they, they but look I'm bringing a fresh perspective that's why they hired me 
and I sometimes forget that. So I think that that might be something. As soon as I see that, instead of like getting angry, which happens, if they because they don't understand you, it's like, well, what are you doing to be, you know, to help them understand you? And I think that's something I need to work on. Awesome, awesome. See, I like how we can get tactical here. So if there's anybody listening or watching, and that's an issue, it really is that simple. And you know, uh, hat tip to uh, hat tip. Hat, how do you say it? Hat tip, right? Hat tip. Hat tip to Chris Brogan. I'm like, invent a new term. I'm like, I swear it's a hat tip. Hat tip to Chris Brogan for for that whole talk to people like they're seven years old and not not in the condescending, ha ha, you're seven, but in a, I'm not gonna assume you know what I'm talking about. So let's make it very basic, very minimal, and very simplistic for all of us to understand. So you know we don't hurt anybody's feelings or or over assume anything so so okay the final final question and probably the most important question is what are you working on right now Raul and how can people find you in your work okay well you can find me I have my blog where I write about more personal stuff and yeah sometimes I write something about business from my personal perspective and that's RaulColon.net I also have a new company which kind of was inspired from last year's visit to Misfit Conference uh, Eric Prowl has a movie called Lemonade and I I, 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 it made so much sense. It kind of I identified with the with the movie, and uh, and I started Limonade, and it's actually in French. Uh, I was trying to put a Spanglish twist because if say you know it again. Me, I love it when you speak Spanish. Limonade. Well, it's actually I, I'm not gonna say it's French because I have friends in the but I hardly ever practice it. But it's 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 actually lemonade in French, and I it, it wasn't that intention. It was actually the intention of putting limon, eight. So because when I talk to my clients here in Puerto Rico, I talk to them in Spanglish because. I'm more comfortable in English sometimes. So just so they could know that they're going to get Spanglish, I just put it out in the name there. And actually, they ended up getting a French name. So uh, maybe I should have checked if they a dictionary. But it's okay. Thing, so, so what we're doing in Eliminate is pretty much just helping uh, you know, businesses uh, you know, figure out things. Um, uh, it's, you know, just earlier, I was using a, a tool, and it says, you know, I come in to do change management and change things. But that means I'm bringing... I'm, I'm, I'm very technological. I can what you know something that Chris usually bounces off me is if he's trying to find a way uh, to automate something in a human way, you know, or to find a tool. Then that's the kind of stuff we do. We go into a small business. We identify what the business issues are, and once we have all the business issues and all the business opportunities, then we build websites and we build other tools for them. So we just don't build a website and do copy paste. We try to figure out how. We, you know, because if the business is not working, it's, it's only going to replicate and amplify itself in, in any social platform or, or on a website. So we try to figure out and do some business consulting, which I did for a lot of time. Uh, I used to be an IT security consultant, so you also get <laughs> your stuff will be safe. But other than that, the main thing we're doing is just trying to help people identify what their issues are and how to, you know, how to you know, uh, do better business online and, uh, you know, how those online tools can also improve your your business offline. So, so that's Lemonade. You can go Lemonade Inc. It's L-I-M-O-N-A-D-E-I-N-C.com. And there you can see some of the work we're already doing. Like right now, we've just, we're doing a hair removal. That might be a reason. I <laughs> know. We're working with a local hair uh, hair removal. Um, they do a laser hair removal. Yeah. So we just rebuilt our website because they're very well known. They've been here in business for 20 years, and they need to get up to date on the technology side. So we're, that's what we're working on right now. And then we're also working on uh, the Reading Network, which is a really unique startup out of Canada, where uh, some 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 uh, some teachers and principals actually retired and started. And we're looking for a way to help kids that need some help reading. Yeah, they do do some work with dyslexia, but if your kid needs help reading, uh, instead of like having a tutor face to face, 
uh, it's less invasive to have an online interaction. So they're doing online tutoring. So they're the readingnetwork.com. So we've been working with them to, how to try to figure out how they can get into any household that has that needs help reading, you know, they have they, they were folks up reading. They have some pretty cool tools on how to help anybody get up to speed with that. So we do. I mean, I mean we're kind of like the glue to identify what resources they need and what tools, and then we try to figure out and we try to coach them and how to use them. So. Wow, that is so awesome! You get like really exciting projects. That's so cool. It's well, way I'm, more I'm, than what you were doing before. I mean, before you were talking about you know building and designing websites and stuff, but I mean, this is like helping people's businesses to just like be absolutely amazing and sustainable. On top of that, right? To build yeah. a successful business on top of that, that's that's one thing I do. You know, I'm vegan. I try to live a different lifestyle than a lot of people choose to live, and and I'm not judging them. But I, everything I do has to make sense to me. So. With the reading network, it's pretty awesome that we help to communicate this because if we can if we can get a kid in front of them and they can help a kid, we kind of like you know, we're helping kids get me read with the with the hairy uh the laser hair removal. I was like, well, it's lasers. I don't know how organic it was, but then when you start getting into the backstory of how you know a 13 year old girl that has a mustache is probably not being a being bullied, and they bring her in and the mustache gone, now she can fit in. You know, it's like, well, you know, there's the human aspect to it. Like, yeah, it is technology, but it's technology helping and improving people's lives, you know. So if that's the approach that we need to take, we do live in a world where it's going to, especially at that age, it's going to judge you. So, I mean, there's a lot of awesome things. And we try to you find projects and work with people that we can actually, you know, get something out of. And, and yeah, and then we have Uncle Gussie. So if you're in New York and you want to eat Greek food, uh, it's, it's, they're like, they, if, if you go online, we did a website to kind of streamline the process. So uh, so we did an online ordering system for them without using a third party. And we're also helping them with the communications because he's a small business owner. He used to work with me at KPMD. And he was always worried about, oh, my God, if somebody says something bad on Twitter. But more importantly, he needs to focus on you know making sure the food is of good quality and moving <laughs> online. And if you stand in front of that food truck, you're probably going to spend around an hour waiting for food. So imagine waiting for food for an hour and then getting a crappy gyro because Nico is worried that somebody's going to say something negative on Twitter. So now we say, Nico, we'll take care of anything that happens on online. You focus on your business. And, uh, and to the point where we've been you know, improving how he takes care of his, his clients with online tools and also on the face-to-face -face content, which is very critical. So those are the kind of you know, work we do. Gosh, I love it. I am so glad we finally reconnected again. I know that we never really disconnected, but the fact that I got to see you and we got to talk and we got to catch up and I hear all these amazing stories and the evolving journey that you've gone through, I couldn't be more I couldn't be a more proud cousin, Raul. So thank you again for joining us. And again, in case you guys missed that, that's limonadeinc.com. Raul Cologne, you're all over Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus and the internets so people can find you everywhere but thank you for joining us on the shut up show today primo i mean you oh, <laughs> like i can't breathe i didn't do all the talking but even i can't breathe i'm like man i got to catch up with all the stuff you're doing but um i'm so proud and i'm honored and humbled to call you friend so thank you again for sure. being on the show and thank you again for having me here bernie it's great that we get to connect here and i and i i've watched the episode of your show and, and being on it it's, you know i'm a, such a big fan of yours it already excites me and i and i thank you once again thank you for joining us for another episode of the shut up show the shut up show is sponsored by the amazing cells that's s-e-l-z dot com seriously simple selling get instant access to download a free copy of our 18-page ebook 
the Solopreneur's Guide for Shutting Up and Making Shit Happen. Simply go to our website at theshutupshow.com slash subscribe and join other brave entrepreneurs who are shutting up and making shit happen. If you believe in The Shut Up Show and this platform has helped you shut up and make shit happen, please head on over to iTunes. Search for The Shut Up Show in the podcast section and leave us an honest star rating and review. Your feedback will help us to gauge what we're doing well and where we need to continue to improve. The ratings and reviews help us to continue to bring on amazing sponsors like Cells so that we can deliver weekly episodes to you for free. So your feedback does matter. Thank you for helping us and supporting us.